WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Good morning, James Flippin, filling in for Noam Layden on this Wednesday. It's December 13th, WABC Time Check 501 right now, and that's sponsored by Bulova Watches. Let's get you your Ramsey Mazda three-day weather forecast to start things off as it's mostly clear around the tri-state this morning. Wind up around 8 miles per hour, and later today it'll be sunny, getting up to 44 Overnight into Thursday, mostly clear, falling down to 30. Tomorrow, Thursday, sunny, the high near 40. And then Friday, sunny, topping out at 51. 37 degrees in Midtown Manhattan, 42 in Midland Park, New Jersey, 39 in Manhasset on Long Island. And that's the weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. So the MTA has a PSA on YouTube explaining that if you ride the subway often enough, at some point you'll hear the conductor say, we've been stopped after someone deployed the emergency brake. And in the news business, you hear about it, kind of people doing it as a prank. There was some guy some years ago who was a serial emergency brake puller. His name, Isaiah Thompson. He rode on top of them. He pulled the e-brake dozens of times. I guess he was kind of obsessed with trains, this guy. But anyway, the other day, I experienced my first ever emergency brake pull. And then the train sort of, you know, comes to a pretty abrupt stop. The groan goes up from people on the car as the announcement is made. And I admittedly expected the worst. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be here for hours. I didn't really know what to expect. But in reality, about five, ten minutes later, we were moving again. So it wasn't that bad. And I need to tell you, even if it was kind of bad, it's much better than driving into the city these days, or driving in the city, I should say, during the holiday season, because I love getting the chance to fill in for Noam on these morning shows, but it does require I drive in. I can't take the train this early, and that's brutal driving home. Today is a gridlock alert day again, so if you are coming into the city, use mass transit, even being aware of the emergency brake possibility. And speaking of mass transit, if you commute by bus, the MTA is expanding its bus routes in Queens, which is New York City's largest borough, by the way. Right now, the system's riders experience just a 73% reliability rate. Some people don't live close by the subway, so you got to take the bus to get, to get to your work, you know. But if you're not on time, you're late every damn day. Here's MTA Chair Jan O'Lieber. Those riders deserve a strong system that's faster than walking. This is the minimum, folks. Got to be faster than walking. This has been years in the making. So eight new 24-hour routes are on the way for Queens. Included in these changes, the Q60 will make more stops, and that's in a bid to reduce bus riders' need to transfer. The plan is to expand the 113 existing routes to 121 routes, impacting around 800,000 riders in all. And there will be more of those red-tinted bus priority lanes installed as well in Queens. As recently, New York City Transit President Richard Davey ranted about delivery trucks blocking those red lanes. What can Brown do for you, me? Get the hell out of my bus lane. And the MTA is investing nearly $30 million to make it all happen. 
Up in the Morris Heights section of the Bronx today, the cleanup continues and an investigation is underway following Monday's partial building collapse. Apartments were left exposed as the corner of that building more or less just sloughed right off. The FDNY used drones, robot dogs, and infrared technology to search through 12-foot-high piles of rubble. That was you know, overnight into Tuesday, but thankfully nobody was found in that rubble. Just two minor injuries overall suffered by people who were evacuating the building, the part of it that, you know, still is standing. And the Department of Buildings, their employees, will examine that apartment building today. Residents say the structure was deteriorating in spots before the collapse. Rooms are cracked. All the time we call 311, 911, and you can see today you have a house and tomorrow... You don't have anything. Per a report from 2021, officials say that seven unsafe facade conditions existed then, including cracked bricks and deteriorating mortar. These guys were there when the building partially collapsed. When I look outside, I just see people running. Ground was shaking. It was just like it was an earthquake. And there are some open violations at the building there on Billingsley Terrace, none structural in nature. The building's uh, seven stories high, nearly a century old. I think I saw 96 years, 97 years old. Meanwhile, the Red Cross is helping to provide shelter for around 100 people who were evacuated after the corner of that building collapsed. New York State's Court of Appeals is ordering the congressional district map to be redrawn in what's being called a win for Democrats. The ruling means the redistricting process goes back to an independent commission. And if it fails to come up with a map by late February, the Democratic-controlled state legislature of New York will draw the map. And the new map is expected to have a big impact nationally for what's expected to be a close fight for House control in 2024. Again, this all coming down to the issues of you know which party has the majority. Right now, the Republicans have the majority in the House, but it's very narrow. And you're looking at guys like Kevin McCarthy uh, retiring in 2024. You've also had George Santos kicked out of Congress in the last few weeks. So Republicans say they will challenge any gerrymandered map, and that term referring to when politicians, you know, kind of carve out these voting maps in a bid to benefit their party. So Mayor Eric Adams says New York City faces a $7 billion budget gap. Well, what's the city going to do in response? There's some cuts being made. You've probably heard about that, those budget cuts. And Mayor Adams is responding to that. He's responding to some negative poll numbers out recently from Quinnipiac University. And Adams is responding to that FBI investigation into his campaign's fundraising efforts back in 2021. Right now, WABC News Time 507. And James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on the 77 WABC 5 a.m. News Hour. It's a $7 billion budget gap for New York City, so says Mayor Adams. He's blamed. COVID funds sunsetting. He's blamed reduced tax revenue amid higher office vacancy rates and the cost of housing and providing for migrants. In response, City Hall is planning a 20% cutback in services for migrants. In fact, Mayor Adams says recent poll numbers showing just 28% of city voters approve of his job performance per Quinnipiac University. Adams says those numbers can be directly blamed on the migrant situation. This has been a successful administration that got hit with a national crisis. And Adams firing back at his critics who are fighting his proposed budget cuts, 5% budget cuts across the board. Their answer is, let's just complain about 
what the administration is doing. I'm not afforded that. I must come up with answers. I must have an answer to a $7 billion deficit. I don't see the relief in sight coming from Washington. Uh, we're going to need more help on the state um, uh, during this budgetary season. And at a hearing this week, city council members accused the Adams administration of using the migrant crisis as an excuse to make cuts. And they say, those advocates, that the cost of the crisis is exaggerated. Adams hoping cuts will be minimized to things like public safety and education issues. But we do know that the FDNY, NYPD, and DOE, Department of Education, are included in those planned cuts. Mayor Adams was holding his weekly off-topic Q&A press conference yesterday, and he also addressed the FBI investigation into his 2021 campaign, the Quinnipiac poll that we've been talking about, showing three in ten New Yorkers think the mayor did something unethical in regards to his 2021 campaign fundraising. Adams addressed that yesterday and insists he followed all the rules when it comes to the FBI's investigation. So there are those who are political opportunists, that from the day I was elected, no matter what we did, they did everything to try to derail our city and say, how do I get the pilot of this plane to crash? These guys are on the plane. I don't know how many times I can say this. You should, people should be praying for me to land a plane. And I'm focused. I think the federal authorities are doing their job. And I think those who are political opportunists are doing what they think they want to do, and that's to hurt the success of this administration. And more or less, as far as we know, that FBI investigation into the Adams campaign 2021 fundraising efforts, the investigation is ongoing. So yesterday, the defense rested its case in the New York civil fraud trial against the Trump organization, Donald Trump, the former president, and his adult sons, The final Trump defense witness was an NYU accounting professor after the former president announced over the past weekend he would not be testifying in the case again. And if you recall, this is a case where New York Attorney General Tish James alleges that Trump and the Trump organization inflated the value of their real estate assets in a bid to get better terms, in a bid to get better financial terms from companies like insurance companies, uh, lenders, people that were lending on properties they owned. And after a final state rebuttal witness is scheduled to take the stand today here in New York, the trial will recess into the new year. Closing briefs are expected January 5th, summations scheduled for January 11th, and a verdict could come by the end of January. Now, the judge in the case, Arthur N. Guron, has already ruled the Trumps and the company repeatedly committed fraud for years. And this isn't a jury trial. The judge makes all the decisions. So now the judge has to decide if the Trumps committed insurance fraud and other offenses, and if so, what the penalties should be. The Trump organization ultimately could end up losing its license to do business in New York, and Attorney General James is seeking a $250 million fine as well. Trump has referred to all of this as a witch hunt and political. He's railed against James in particular for not prosecuting what he calls real crimes. The special counsel prosecuting Donald Trump plans to use the former president's cell phone data as evidence 
during his federal trial alleging election interference. Special counsel Jack Smith in a court filing Monday indicated he'll call expert witnesses to speak to a trove of data extracted from Trump's cell phone used during his time in the White House. The data could provide a detailed layout of Trump's behavior leading up to the 2021 U.S. Capitol riot. Smith is prosecuting Trump over his alleged efforts to stay in power after losing the 2020 election. Smith recently called on the Supreme Court to make a decision on whether Trump is immune from prosecution for the alleged crimes while in office. I'm Lisa Taylor. Back here in the city on Monday, an 11-year-old boy who was a migrant died at a Manhattan shelter, and it appears to have been a suicide. The Venezuelan child was found in a bedroom at the Stratford Arms Hotel. That's on the Upper West Side. The New York Daily News reports the 11-year-old had a fight with his parents about the use of a cell phone before he apparently hanged himself with a shoelace. The boy's parents rushed him to the lobby, and that's where he was found unconscious by police officers who responded the shoelace still around the boy's throat. He was later pronounced dead at Mount Sinai Hospital. 67,000 migrants currently under the care of the city. So in a second here, we've got our sports update coming from Justin Ellick, executive producer of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Al Michaels, the legendary play-by-play man, is being bumped from NBC's NFL playoff coverage. NBC Sports Vice President Greg Hughes confirmed the news to the New York Post as the network will apparently go with Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge on those particular playoff games in question. And uh, apparently that was news to Al Michaels. So he will not be calling the playoff games on NBC. WABC News Time, 515. We turn now to Justin Ellick for our sports report. I like Noah Eagle. You don't? No, I do like Noah Eagle. I'm just saying that it's kind of interesting that apparently, uh, you know, Al Michaels kind of got the rug pulled out from under him with this. But he gets a lot of criticism online these days, Michael, yeah, for being very that, low that, that, energy. Right. That's during. what I was going to say, low energy. And uh, to be honest, he says uh, some not just stupid but wrong things right. sometimes. I mean, he is 79 years yeah, that's old That's what I'm now, saying. I, I don't want to knock the guy just for being old. But, uh, but you know, he's, he, he slips up sometimes. And that could be due to uh, his uh, lack of spryness. He's been on the air for six decades. Yeah. And, of course, you know, one of his most iconic calls, The Miracle on Ice, which right. does date back to 1980. There you go. So, right. And he, that, that's not taken away from what he's done for the uh, for the program. He's done a great job. But, uh, 100%. And Noah's great. Noah sounds like, he sounds exactly like I am. Yeah, no. Noah. he's. I mean, he, he is a chip off the old block if of there course, ever was one. Of course. The apple does not fall far from that tree. No. Bye-bye. <laughs> we will start in hockey. Uh, James, the Rangers took a rare beating at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs, falling convincingly by a score of 7-3 as their mini-skid persists. Blake Wheeler scored uh, twice, and Mika Zibanejad had a power play goal for the Rangers, who lost for the third time in four games. They're coming off a 4-1 home win over the uh, over Los Angeles on Sunday night, following road losses at Ottawa and Washington. And goaltender Igor Shosturkin has lost his last three starts in net for the Blue Shirts to boot. The Islanders and Devils. We'll both be back on the ice tonight for respective 7.30 p.m. puck drops. The Islanders get set to welcome in the Anaheim Ducks, while the Devils are scheduled to host the Boston Bruins. On the hardwood at the Garden, no local action last night, but the Knicks and Nets are back at it tonight, both tipping off at 9 p.m. The Knicks will visit the Jazz in Salt Lake City, while the Nets will be in Phoenix, butting heads with the Suns. And finally, in the world of baseball, Juan Soto had his introductory uh, news conference with the Yankees yesterday, greeting the media on a Zoom call wearing a Yankees hat. Sort of spoke about his excitement in getting this opportunity in New York. It's just great, you know. Uh, more than excited to be to be right here, to be in the spot that I am. Um, 
is 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 really excited to to see uh, this organization and try to be part of it uh, for the next season. Uh, I'm really excited to 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 join the team. The Shania New Star outfielder in pinstripes was then asked if he'd be willing to commit to staying in those pinstripes beyond just this season, deferring those type of discussions to the responsibilities of his representation in Super Agent Scott Boris. Are you open to discussing an extension with the Yankees, and what are your priorities when that time does come? My priorities right now is just uh, get to know the team, get to know the guys, right? Uh, really, about uh, any contract and stuff. Uh, they know who where to call and who to talk to. Uh, I'm here just to play baseball and try to keep concentrated and play baseball. That was the uh, message Soto did repeat throughout the 30-minute session, and probably rightfully so. Just looking forward to getting on the diamond. He's looking very, forward. Very, very boring. It is very, very boring indeed. But he doesn't speak much English, Lewis. So you have to cut him some slack. Although Be quiet. I. <laughs> I was surprised, actually, to how well he, he was speaking with the media. He's looking forward to meeting his new teammates as well. Captain Aaron Judge, among others, has already reached out to him, expressing excitement in his future with the Yankees. And as a fan, we are all very excited, too. Aren't you, too, James? You being uh, the big Mets fan that oh, you are? Oh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so excited. Actually, you know what? I'm just here to focus and do news. <laughs> I'm just here to focus. Very clever. That was very good. Very good. Well, why don't you do that? Back to you, James. WABC. <laughs> News time, 519. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden this morning. So in the ongoing fallout, as connected to the Israel-Hamas war and the issue of anti-Semitism, in this case specifically on the campuses of the United States elite universities, Harvard's governing board has voted to keep Claudine Gay as the school's president. Gay has faced calls for her resignation and firing ever since her appearance before a congressional committee this month to discuss anti-Semitism on campus. She and other Ivy League school leaders have faced criticism for their response to both questions during that hearing and also just kind of what they've done in regards to issues that have happened on campus. In a message to the Harvard community issued, the board said their deliberations affirmed their confidence that Gay is the right leader, Elizabeth McGill, by the way, resigned as the president of Penn, the University of Pennsylvania, over the weekend as she's faced backlash ever since that hearing. And the University of Pennsylvania has named Dr. J. Larry Jamison as its interim president. He's the head of UPenn's medical school and currently the longest-serving dean at the university. And Dr. Jamison released a statement saying, calls for genocide violate the behavioral standards of the school. That's good. He says they must be condemned. The United Nations General Assembly, not far from where I'm speaking to you right now on the east side of Manhattan, has demanded an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. On Tuesday, the General Assembly got a two-thirds majority and passed the resolution demanding a ceasefire. Two amendments to the ceasefire proposed by the U.S. and Austria both failed. The U.S. says it supports a pause in fighting, but not a ceasefire that would allow Hamas to plan another attack. I'm Brian Shook. And Israel has started pumping seawater now into the sprawling network of tunnels in the Gaza Strip used by Hamas. And that's per U.S. officials briefed on the operation, although Israel has not commented. Israeli forces say Hamas has used these tunnels to move around the battlefield and store rockets and ammunition. Massive pumps have been put together in recent weeks, while Israel apparently 
weighed its options. The plan is controversial among family members of Israeli hostages that have been held by Hamas since October 7th. And they fear, obviously, loved ones might be in the tunnels and that they could be killed by that flooding. The effort could also damage water supplies in parts of the Gaza Strip, and, you know, that's the ongoing connecting to innocent civilians who might be a risk there. President Biden saying the IDF doesn't think any of those hostages are at risk with the seawater being pumped in, but the president also saying he can't confirm that or be sure. And there's some kind of back and forth, some disagreement now between Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. As Biden has apparently warned, Israel is, in his words, losing support around the world amid this war. And this is while speaking to Democratic donors in Washington, D.C., Biden described Netanyahu's government as the most conservative in Israel's history and said the prime minister doesn't want a a two-state solution to the country's conflict with Palestinians. And some of this connects to what, you know, the White House wants to see happen, which is the Palestinian Authority reinstalled there in Gaza after Hamas is destroyed. But, you know, there's some disagreement there, as you might imagine, because more or less um, Netanyahu doesn't agree with that plan. And the IDF doesn't want to see the Palestinian Authority back in power. President Biden says Ukraine will only win in its war against Russia with sustained support from the U.S. Mr. President, I'll not walk away from Ukraine, and neither will the American people. A clear bipartisan majority of people across the United States and in Congress support your country. Yesterday, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky visited the White House and met with Biden. He also visited with lawmakers on Capitol Hill. Biden says the U.S. needs to prove Russian President Vladimir Putin wrong when it comes to providing aid to Ukraine. Putin is banking on the United States failing to deliver for Ukraine. We must, we must, we must prove him wrong. Biden going on to say Ukraine's success is key to global security. That's an issue that both he and Democratic lawmakers have advanced. They understand, as I do, that Ukraine's success and its ability to deter aggression in the future are vital to security for the world at large. Now, Republicans have been demanding border policy changes in exchange for signing off on funding for Ukraine. Biden says both parties are working to compromise. My team is working with Senate Democrats and Republicans to try to find a bipartisan compromise, both in terms of changes in policy and provide the resources we need to secure the border. Compromise is how democracy works. Biden urging Congress to strike a deal before Christmas. The type of Christmas tree you buy will determine how often you have to clean up after it. And that's according to Josh from Evergreen Acres Tree Farm in Atlanta. Some people want the short needle. You know, usually once I tell them that you know the short-needled spruce is going to drop its needles first, you cut them now, by the end of December, they're going to start shedding good. They, they steer the other way and go for the white pine because they hold the needles longer. Shorter needle varieties do shed quicker, more so if not properly watered. We'll get into that more in just a second here, your proper Christmas tree care, but... WABC News Time, 529. So if you have one of those fresh Christmas trees, Josh from Evergreen's Tree Farm in Atlanta says the proper care and feeding of your tree directly influences its longevity inside your home. Definitely keep them watered. A lot of people, you know, they don't, they got to water it every day. 
I would say the first week or so is critical also because it's going to take in a lot of water. See, once you let that water level get down below the bottom of the tree, it'll start to sap over. So then you think, oh, well, we didn't water for two days. We'll just fill it up now. Well, it's done sapped over, so now it's not going to take water as well. Don't let it sap over. When we come back, Christmas is coming. It's also getting even more costly. What's the latest with the impeachment inquiry into President Biden and an actor known for playing a police officer on TV has died? He could be funny. He could be serious. That and more when we come back. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Good morning, James Flippin, filling in for Noam Layden on this Wednesday, December 13th. Here's your Ramsey Mazda three-day weather forecast. Mostly clear this morning. Later today, sunny, getting up to 44. Overnight into Thursday, mostly clear, falling down to 30. Tomorrow, Thursday, sunny, the high near 40. And then Friday, more sun, topping out at 51. 37 right now in Midtown Manhattan, 42 in Midland Park, New Jersey, and 39 degrees out in Manhasset on Long Island. That's the weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Desk. And this particular cost of Christmas has gone up. Every year, the good people at PNC Bank release their Christmas price index. And this year, inflation has bumped up the cost for the 12 days of Christmas presents by about 2.7%. If you were to purchase all 76 gifts from the English Carol, from the 12 drummers drumming to the partridge in a pear tree, you would now have to drop $46,729.86. Gift wrapping and shipping not included. I'm Bree Tennis. A federal grand jury in Manhattan has indicted a New Jersey man for allegedly posing as a nurse and kidnapping and brutalizing women. Herman Brightman, who also went by the names Nazir Griffiths and Nazir Luckett, was indicted on eight federal charges Monday. He could face life in prison. Officials say the 30-year-old posed as a nurse on dating apps and social media, then kidnapped, assaulted, and harassed at least four women this across New Jersey and New York including victims in Queens, Mount Vernon, and the Bronx. Brightman allegedly committed these crimes in and around January 22 until September 23, just a couple months ago. The charges include three counts of kidnapping, and each carries a maximum of 20 years behind bars. The House Rules Committee expected to vote today to authorize the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. At a meeting Tuesday, Massachusetts Democrat Jim McGovern accused his Republican colleagues of carrying out a sham impeachment. He claimed there's no evidence the president did anything wrong. Oklahoma Republican Tom Cole, meanwhile, said the inquiry needs to be formalized to enforce subpoenas and pursue the information needed to look into the accusations against the president. Republicans accused Biden of carrying out an influence peddling scheme and profiting from his family's foreign business dealings. I'm Mark Mayfield. Actor Andre Brower is dead at the age of 61. Brower passed Monday after a brief illness. He's well known for his role as Captain Holt on the comedy series Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So nice of you to greet us, Madeline. I thought surely you'd still be crushed under that house in Munchkinland. Sticks and stones, Raymond. Discarding your breakfast? 
His two best-known roles were as police officers, in fact, as Brower earned an Emmy for his work as Detective Frank Pebbleton in the 1990s series set in Baltimore, Homicide, Life on the Street. Shut up, boy, don't tell me that. Please, son, don't lie to me again. This is what you did, just like what you did to C.C. He also had roles on Law & Order, SVU, the Tuskegee Airmen, and more. And details about his illness have not been made available. Looking ahead to next year, for six days, national parks in the U.S. will be open free of charge. The days that U.S. park goers can get into national parks for free include three holidays, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Veterans Day, and Juneteenth. In addition, all national parks will feature free admission on April 20th, August 4th, and September 28th. Some parks may charge fees for some activities, such as camping and fishing, while parks that are operated in partnership with other parties, such as states, might charge other types of fees. I'm Scott Carr in Washington. Federal Reserve rate cuts could come as soon as June. That's according to the latest CNBC Fed survey. More than half of the 35 experts asked built in a rate cut by June 2024, with that number rising to nearly 70% convinced that there will be a rate cut by July. They also saw the odds of a recession at about 41%, which is down eight points from the October survey, asking the same questions. It's also the lowest level since spring of 2022, which is when the Fed first launched its interest rate hikes. And today for Wall Street, you're looking at the PPI coming out for November, and the Fed will also announce its latest interest rate decision followed by a press conference from Chair Jerome Powell. WABC News Time 537. WABC News Time 540 AM. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on this Wednesday, December 13th. The U.S. Coast Guard announced yesterday they'll hold a formal public hearing next month into the deadly cargo ship fire at Port Newark this summer. The Coast Guard says the hearings will be held in Newark the week of January 8th through January 15th, and that'll be alongside the National Transportation Safety Board. The Italian cargo ship that burned July 5th was carrying thousands of cars. The fire killed two Newark firefighters and injured five others. Organizers say the hearing will focus on the condition of the Italian ship prior to and at the time of the fire, the cargo loading process for vehicles at the port, initial response actions by the ship's crew, and response to the fire by local land-based fire departments. The Department of Veterans Affairs says nearly half the vets they've screened may have been exposed to toxic substances. A new report shows of the 5 million veterans screened, over 2 million reported at least one possible exposure to a toxic substance during their time in the military. The most common reports were exposures to burn pits and Agent Orange, both of which can cause a variety of cancers. The screenings were launched as part of the PACT Act, a law expanding benefits for veterans who've been exposed to toxic substances. I'm Brian Shook. This holiday season, for many people, it's the happiest time of the year, but with the jam-packed schedules, it can also affect people's mental health. 
Mental health expert Bradley Dirks is with Kansas State University, and he suggests you should be aware of stress levels during the holidays. We're driven by expectations, and there's external expectations of the family. We've always done this in the family, and therefore it's your job now to maintain this, and there's expectations we place on ourselves. We get overwhelmed, we get tired, we get worn out, and we've done it for how many years? And now again with everything else adding to that stress level, According to the American Psychological Association, nearly 90% of people surveyed says they do feel increased stress during the holiday season. Mayor Adams may be feeling some stress as he's responding to a recent poll showing his job approval rating is at an all-time low. Mayor Adams is reacting to a recent poll showing only 28% of voters approve of the job he's doing. The mayor says he understands New Yorkers are feeling angry partly because of budget cuts and the migrant crisis, which he blames mostly on the federal government. This has been a successful administration that got hit with a national crisis. The Quinnipiac poll showing 30% believe the mayor did something unethical related to an investigation into his 2021 mayoral campaign. Meantime, a new poll showing former Governor Andrew Cuomo leads a field of possible candidates to replace Adams if he were to leave office before his term is up. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. President Biden is inviting family members of Americans taken hostage by Hamas to the White House today. It will be the first in-person meeting between the president and the hostages' family members since they were taken captive during those October terrorist attacks in Israel. Biden has previously spoken with these family members over Zoom. House Speaker Mike Johnson says the White House is impeding the investigation into President Biden. That's why he says it's necessary to vote to formalize the impeachment inquiry into the president this week. And that vote, as we told you earlier this hour, could come as soon as today. Republicans accuse Biden of profiting from his family's foreign business dealings. Well, there's a lot of buzz in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. That's the hometown of Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito. He's got some arm, some connection, some insight. Unbelievable. He's really showing his true colors. He represents Cedar Grove. Feeling great. Kid's awesome. I love it. DeVito has led the Giants to three straight victories as of Monday Night Football, leading that last-minute game-winning drive to beat the Packers. The undrafted rookie still lives at home there in Cedar Grove and tells ESPN his mom makes him those chicken cutlets. He's sometimes known as Tommy Cutlets. She does his laundry. She even makes his bed. The 25-year-old Don Bosco Prep High School star was on the Giants practice squad but took over a QB due to injuries suffered by Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. These folks in Cedar Grove reacting to DeVito still living at home. There's no big deal about living at home. They, they stay home until uh, the mama picks the right girl for them. It's the Italian way. If he lives 10 minutes from the stadium, why not live home? Save some money. All right, well, if that's some good news or at least encouraging news on behalf of the local sports scene, this is kind of a downer, unfortunately. Young Mets prospect Ronnie Mauricio will miss most of next season due to injury. The team announced that he tore his ACL during a Dominican Winter League game and will require surgery. Really a bummer for the 22-year-old as he got hurt during a stolen base attempt over the weekend. And he put his prospect status back on the map during last year's Dominican Winter League in which he won the MVP. The infielder hit 248 uh, with two home runs and nine runs driven in for the Mets in a September call-up last year. Mauricio 
had batted 292 with 23 homers, 71 runs driven in, and 24 stolen bases for Triple-A Syracuse. And he was expected to compete with Brett Beatty for the third base position during spring training. WABC News Time, 545. And right now, it's time to check in with executive producer of Sid and Friends in the Morning, Justin Ellick, with sports. I'm just your mere little sports guy up until 6 a.m., James. You oh, that's right. For another 15 minutes, right. you're not. Uh, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to. Uh, I like the honorifics, though. I like to give you a little bit of a pump. Well, in, listen, you know? I mean, it's up to you. It's your show. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, but you can call me King Ellick. If that's, if that's the case. <laughs> All right, well, let's see you on the basketball court before we say that. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, James on the hardwood at the Garden. No local action last night for the Knicks and Nets. They're both back at it tonight, both tipping off at 9 p.m. The Knicks will visit the Jazz in Salt Lake City, and the Nets will be in Phoenix. Button heads with the Suns. In hockey, the Rangers took a rare beating at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs, falling convincingly by a score of 7-3 as their mini-skid persists. Blake Wheeler scored twice, and Mika Zibanejad had a power play goal for the Rangers, who lost for the third time in four games. The Islanders and Devils will both be back on the ice tonight for respective 7.30 p.m. puck drops. The Islanders will get set to welcome in the uh, Anaheim Ducks while the Devils are scheduled to host the Boston Bruins. And finally, in the world of baseball, Juan Soto had his introductory news conference yesterday with the Yankees, greeting the media on a Zoom call, wearing his new Yankees cap. Soto spoke about his excitement in getting this opportunity in New York. It's just great, you know. I'm uh, more than excited to be to be right here, to be in the spot that I am. He's uh, really excited to, to see uh, this organization and try to be part of it uh, for the next season. Uh, I'm really excited to, 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 to join the team. The shiny new star outfielder in pinstripes was then asked if he'd be willing to commit to staying in those pinstripes beyond just this season, deferring those uh, type of discussions to the responsibilities of his representation in Super Agent Scott Boris. Are you open to discussing an extension with the Yankees, and what are your priorities when that time does come? My priorities right now is just uh, get to know the team, get to know the guys, right? Uh, really, about uh, any contract and stuff, uh, they know who where to call and who to talk to. Uh, I'm here just to play baseball and try to keep concentrated and play baseball. Captain Aaron Judge, among others, has already reached out to uh, Soto, expressing his excitement in his future with the Yankees. Soto, that is, and as a fan myself, we're all very much so looking forward to seeing uh, Juan Soto out there in Redfield. I don't know what they do with the judges' chambers now, uh, James, that uh, Soto is going to be spending primarily most of his time in Redfield. Uh, Judge, as it currently stands, is going to be playing center. Right. Yeah, so, you're going to have to figure out a way to uh, move the chambers around a little bit. Maybe, yeah. Maybe just take out Monument Park, put him in there. Well, it, I mean, eventually he'll probably have his own uh, plaque out there. So well, don't get, a, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. I don't think there's anybody uh, that has a plaque in Monument Park after just playing one season with the Yankees. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Oh, you're talking about Soto. I'm saying that, you know, like, Judge will have one out well, there. Well, yeah, someday. of course he will. But he's already got Judge's Chambers. I mean, he's not going to be playing right field. It's like, you know. No, it is. It's a little bit awkward. Right. A little bit awkward. Yeah. But I don't know. I seem to be the only person that has a gripe with that. Anyway, James, back to you. I'm Justin Alec with Sports on 77 WABC. Thank you very much, Justin. WABC News Time 549. James Flippin here, filling in for Noam Layden on the 77 WABC 5 a.m. News Hour. House Republicans are slamming Harvard for its decision to keep Claudine Gay on as university president. The only change they have made to their code of conduct, where they failed to condemn calls for genocide of the Jewish people, 
is to allow a plagiarist. Yeah, and that's because gay, she's mentioning, that's New York Republican Elise Stefanik, my apologies, and she's referencing plagiarism because that's a new allegation against Claudine Gay as she's going to keep her job for now as president of Harvard, but she does face renewed allegations of plagiarism. And Stefanik called the decision by Harvard to keep Gay a moral a moral failure. This is a moral failure of Harvard's leadership and higher education leadership at the highest levels. Gay has faced calls for her ouster for her answer to questions about whether or not calls for the genocide of Jews violates the university's code of conduct. Dictionary.com has announced its 2023 word of the year, hallucinate. But not in the way you might be thinking. The website chose that word as it relates to AI, artificial intelligence programs, as AI users have used the term hallucinate to discuss inaccurate and sometimes strange outputs from chatbots. Dictionary.com says this latest definition of hallucinate under computers and digital technology is discussing the production of false information contrary to the intent of the user, and that can present as true or factual. IBM explaining that AI chatbots can fall victim to hallucinations of these kind. For example, maybe uh, the company saying a healthcare AI model could incorrectly identify a benign skin lesion as malignant. And that could lead to a slew of other unnecessary situations, of course. Let's head across the pond for some news, shall we? Check in on the Eurozone as rail enthusiasts in Europe are celebrating a new overnight service connecting the German and French capitals. In Berlin, Trent Murray says the train will leave nightly at 8.20 p.m. and arrive at its destination at 10.20 a.m. the following morning. The journey takes roughly 14 hours and allows passengers to sleep overnight in bunk beds, with prices starting at roughly $100. The overnight service comes amid a renaissance for night rail in Europe, with services now available from the German capital to Budapest, Vienna, Stockholm and Brussels. Rail companies say they're seeing a surge in interest as passengers become more climate conscious and opt for slower, comfortable night journeys versus fast flights. Trent Murray, Berlin. The French government scrambling to try to save its proposed immigration legislation. Ross Cullen is in Paris, and he says in a surprise vote earlier this week, French lawmakers decided not to have a debate on this immigration bill, which was a major setback for the government. On Tuesday, the government announced that it would organize a joint committee made up of seven MPs and seven senators who will seek to agree on a common version of the proposed legislation. Ministers say the bill acknowledges a path towards legal status for people who came to France illegally, but the bill is likely to make family reunifications more complicated and speed up deportations. Ross Cullen, Paris. Former Long Island Representative George Santos, who was recently booted from Congress, just had a chat with Frank Morano on 77 WABC's The Other Side of Midnight program. And our own Bob Brown has part of that interview. Did you break the law as far as what you're charged with in this uh, federal criminal indictment? Well, to answer your question, it's simple. I was asked if if there were talks, and I simply said there are talks. I didn't admit to anything, and I did not say yes or no to anything, but there are conversations obviously taking place. Why did you say all these things when you were running that simply weren't true? Frank, when I write my book and I finish writing my book, I will go into detail about my campaign. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. 
Following this summer's devastating and deadly fire in Maui in Hawaii, the heart of Lahaina, the historic town that burned where at least 100 people killed were killed, has reopened to residents and business owners holding holiday day passes. Renewed access as of Monday and Tuesday this week, marking an important and emotional milestone for victims of that August 8th fire. And there's plenty of work that still needs to be done to clear properties of burned debris. There's plenty to rebuild. Some residents concerned about where the fire debris will wind up on the island as it does have a vibrant and delicate ecosystem. Back here in the tri-state, across the Hudson River, Hoboken Mayor Ravi Bala has announced he's running for Congress. He released a campaign video announcing that he will challenge fellow Democrat Rob Menendez in the 8th District in next year's primary. That's Rob Menendez, son of the embattled New Jersey senator. But here is Bala in that announcement. With rising inequality and climbing sea levels, this moment requires change that is momentous. Bala says we need new voices and new leadership. He plans to focus on climate change and health care-related issues. Bala outlined some of the areas he would address if elected to Congress. I believe that health care is a human right. Housing is a human right. Reproductive rights are human rights. Netflix is out with its first-ever viewer engagement report with details on thousands of shows that are being watched on the streaming platform. The new report called What We Watched, a Netflix engagement report, features data on 18,000 shows and movies that have been viewed for nearly 100 billion hours in total on Netflix. The report says the most watched movie for the first six months of this year was the Jennifer Lopez action thriller, The Mother. The most watched TV shows from January to June. Another action series, The Night Agent, followed by family drama Ginny and Georgia, and then South Korean drama The Glory also did good numbers. Flu cases are surging, especially in the South. Experts say that some of this is due to increased vaccine hesitancy as a result of the COVID vaccine. You could get your flu shot, but if not, then doctors recommend taking Tamiflu. WABC Time Check 559, sponsored by Bulova Watches. Discover finely crafted timepieces available at Macy's. So now we can refer to Justin Ellick as the executive producer of Sit In Friends in the Morning, and he's got a preview of what to expect on today's show. Well, a big thanks to you, James. Flippin' great job there. Five to six. Uh, starting at six, so it is your Wednesday hump day edition of Sit In Friends in the Morning. Bottom of each hour, of course. It is Wednesday. You don't want to miss the Tunnel to Towers update in the way of guests this morning. Kicking things off at 645. It'll be Anthony Diaz-Bazito before Curtis Lee live here in studio at 7.10 this morning. Rudy Giuliani will uh, finally join us this week at 7.45 before Artie Idala joins the program at 8.15. 8.45 this morning, we'll have the great former Congressman Peter King on the program for his weekly Wednesday morning hit with Sid before uh, our colleague Greg Kelly joins us at 9.15 this morning. And John Cox wraps things out at 9.30. James, that is your Wednesday morning program. Coming at you right around the corner. Sid and friends in the morning, we're ready to go. Thank you, Justin. Good morning to you and everybody out there. It is 6 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Well, yesterday it was a building collapse up in the Bronx. Today, a fire. One person injured in a Bronx deli fire that spread to a low row of stores. That started at the Bunny Deli around 3.30 this morning. Also, the House could vote to advance impeachment inquiries into Biden today. Keep an eye on that. I'm James Flippin'.
iconic stations in the nation. An American original. Talk Radio 77. WABC at WABCRadio.com.